the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. You know, we're talking about the importance of peace in and peace out. You can't give what you don't have. One of the things that we need in this season of life is we certainly need peace inside of us and peace flowing out of us. And there's no better place to find, obviously, instructions about peace than in the Bible, and specifically in a psalm that you're very familiar with, the 23rd Psalm. And I talked last weekend about the the value of knowing the Lord as your shepherd. Today we're going to talk about learning how to find rest in God. I need to give you a little bit of a background of the 23rd Psalm so you understand exactly what the psalm is all about. We many times can quote it. We've heard it many times over and over again. If you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and all those six verses that you find in the 23rd Psalm. But sometimes we don't really realize what, where that psalm came from. It actually came from David during a particular time, very, very difficult and challenging time in his own life. Here's the background. David had been king of Israel for many years, and he had a son by the name of Absalom. And there was a lot of family stress between David and Absalom and some of the extended family members. And over a period of time, Absalom decided to rebel against his father, David. He, he began to draw people unto himself, and in so doing, he made the decision that he was going to actually take the kingdom away from David, his father. And so there's this moment of great stress and great, uh, great challenge in David's life when he hears that his son Absalom is coming into the city of Jerusalem to take the kingdom from him, and most likely Absalom wanted to murder his very own father. So David has to leave Jerusalem. So he's leaving Jerusalem with great weeping and great sadness in his heart. He goes through the Kidron Valley, and he goes back out into the wilderness again. When he goes into that wilderness, he is, he is actually in familiar territory because David had been raised as a shepherd boy. David knew what it was like to be in the wilderness. David knew what it was like to take care of sheep. As he is in this very terrible situation, wondering what's going to happen to his future, a very uncertain time, feeling threatened by his son Absalom, David sits down, I believe, and begins to contemplate his former days. He begins to think about what life was like when he was a shepherd out in this wilderness. Perhaps the wilderness is the very thing that prompted him to think about his own circumstance. And in in that moment, he pens these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, why don't you take a look with me, if you will, at verses 1 and 2 of Psalm chapter 23. I'll read from the New, New International Version. We'll also read it in just a moment from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I love the New Living Translation of this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. 
There's a very important word that we're going to focus on today. In the midst of this Peace In, Peace Out series, I want to talk to you today about finding rest in your life. David said of the Lord that he lets me rest in green meadows, and he also leads me beside peaceful streams. Resting and peace go together. You can't really experience the peace of God in your life until you learn something about resting. And so for the next few moments, I'm going to share with you some principles about rest that the Bible teaches us. What is this all about? How do we live it in our lives? So four things I want to share with you today over these next few moments together. If I can get your attention, let's focus in and make sure that we're hearing something that we all need to hear today about the rest of God. The first thing I want you to understand is you and I need to remember that rest is a necessity. It's not something that is sort of out there as as an option that we need in life. We actually need it. It's a necessity for every one of us. It's an important element in life. And God created us in such a way that we function best when we're in a state or a condition of rest. In your life, you need to be rested. Now, from from a biblical perspective, rest is not actually created uh, by external circumstances. Actually, rest is created by internal circumstances. I'm sure that all of you had the had the experience in life that you maybe you took a vacation so you could rest, but while you were on vacation or while you were off work, you were not rested at all because you were worried, you were fretful about something. And so even though you had the opportunity to rest, you really were not rested because of the things going on inside of you. Outside things were restful. You may have been sitting at a beautiful resort, but inside you were full of anxiety and fear. See, external things can never produce internal rest for you. And the best rest you will ever experience in your life is not from the externals. It starts on the inside. But it's a necessity. You and I need it in our lives. And here in this moment where David is going through extreme anxiety and worry about his future, he comes to this moment of saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down or he makes me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside those peaceful streams. He had this moment when he had an encounter with God and rest came to him on the inside. He experienced it in his life. And why is rest so essential? Let me give you some, 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 some concepts about rest or some maybe byproducts of rest in your life. It's essential. It's necessary because, first of all, it helps us to think more clearly. It's hard to think very clearly when you're not at rest, when you're not at peace on the inside. Rest allows us to respond with greater awareness and with greater reserves in our life. If you're all torn up on the inside, it's like bandwidth. Bandwidth gets used up, and if the bandwidth is used up, it's hard to do much anything else. Everything slows down for you. And it's true in your life that when you're in turmoil and stress on the inside, what happens is it's the bandwidth of your life is really used up. You don't have any reserves to pour out in the things that are very necessary for your life. I've also learned that when I'm at rest, I enjoy life more fully. It's kind of hard to enjoy life when you're not at rest. Again, you can have a lot of fun things happening around you, but they're not really happening inside of you. Rest is essential because when you're rested, you're able to actually become more productive in life. When God created you, he created you with the need for rest. You need to remember that rest is extremely important in your life. And there are all kinds of rest. There's spiritual rest and there's there's soul rest, or we might say mental and emotional rest. There's the rest of relationships when relationships are where they need to be. And there's certainly physical rest that we experience. But it's vital to remember that you are a person that God created with a need for rest. Think about it. When God made the heavens and the earth, the Bible says in Genesis that God, after on the seventh day, God rested. Why did God rest? Not because he was tired. God rested because he wanted to establish the Sabbath principle that you and I need to, to, to experience rest and we function best when we are 
rested internally and not so much dependent upon the externals, but certainly on the internal. The second thing I want to draw to your attention today when we're talking about finding rest, as David did in the 23rd Psalm, is that you and I need to start that rest with God. See, rest starts somewhere. And the starting point for rest in your life is rest inside of your spirit. You need to be rested, as I said a moment ago, on the inside. And that's a spiritual need in your life. St. Augustine said this, O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. Here's this great saint that said, you know what? I've learned in my life that I have to find my rest in God. And David understood this as well. Here he is in this situation, running from, from Absalom. He's out in the wilderness, and he says, The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that brings me rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures, representing the word of God. And he makes me drink from quiet waters, representing the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in his life. There's a basic need that you and I have in our life. We need spiritual rest. For some of us today, you're troubled because you don't have a real relationship with God. You haven't learned how to find your rest in Him. And that's true for all of us, that apart from Him, we cannot find rest in our lives. So let me share with you three things that you need to do to get spiritual rest in your life. Three things that are vital. Maybe you can check these off as sort of checkpoints, checklists, a checklist in your life. Do you have these three things in place? You'll never have rest in your life without these three spiritual dimensions. Number one, you need to have a relationship with the heavenly shepherd. David knew that his, his peace, his rest came from a relationship with the Lord. And it's true for you and me. We need to know God is our shepherd. We need to have this awareness that we have a relationship with him. And the Lord who is our shepherd has a name and his name is Jesus. So I would ask you today, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Have you invited him into your heart and into your life? And are you living in relationship with the heavenly shepherd? In John 10 verse 11, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the good shepherd. What he was saying is, I'm the same shepherd that was there with David. I'm a shepherd available for you. And he goes on to say, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So it starts with having a relationship with Christ. Have you invited Jesus into your life? Are you living in relationship with him? Or is he sort of a peripheral to your life? You'll never have spiritual rest without having a relationship with God. And then you have to make sure, number two, to make sure you're watching your spiritual diet. Why is this important for rest? Because what you take in is going to determine what you experience on the inside. What you take into your life spiritually is going to determine what you experience in your life. If you fill up with spiritual junk food, your life is not going to be very healthy. It's not going to be very, very restful because you're actually, when you fill up with with the spiritual junk food that is just the stuff and the activities of life, it, you'll, you'll have no appetite for God. But when you press into God, you begin to realize, I need him more than anything else. That appetite for him draws you closer to him. Notice what, the, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. He said, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. How true that is. And so to have that rest on the inside, you need to be spiritually nurtured. You need to be filling up your life. See, if, I, if you were thirsty and you came to me for some water to drink and I handed you a glass of salt water, you could drink all the salt water in the world and it'll never quench your thirst. In fact, it'll destroy you. And there are a lot of people that are drinking the wrong drink, drinking the wrong kind of substance, if you will, drinking or eating the wrong kind of junk food in their life spiritually, and they're wondering why they're not at rest. You'll never be at rest until you have a personal relationship with God to know the Lord is your shepherd and to make sure that you're feasting on his word, drinking of that good word of God in your life, his presence in your life. And then the third thing you have to do, if you're going to experience rest in your 
spirit. You've got to let the Lord. You have to let God be your, be your leader. You have to turn things over to him. We talked about this last week, but I want to bring it back to your attention again this week. You know, it's so important that we learn to turn our, our, our cares and turn our problems over to God who can help us and carry us through and to, to back off from the control and give control to God. Let God be the leader. That's why David could find rest in this moment. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. I'm getting the word in me and the presence of the spirit is in me because I've let the Lord be my leader. I've let the Lord be my shepherd. There's a great passage of scripture that Jesus spoke to us, words of promise that I hope you will hear in your life today, found in Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse number 28. Then Jesus said, so who said it? Jesus said it. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you, notice the word, rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find, notice again, the word rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What does this mean to you and me? It means this. It means that you and I, when we're carrying a heavy burden, we can realize that God is there to take the burden off of us. If, I had, if you were wearing a heavy backpack and you were worn out, you had all kind of weight on your back, and I came along and said, let me carry that for you. What would be vital for your rest is for you to actually let me carry it for you. You have to turn the backpack over to me and now I take the load and you have the opportunity of resting. Jesus says, that's how it works with me. I'm available to be your leader. I'm available to be your shepherd, but you have to offload your cares on me. I encourage you today to do that. Start in your spirit. Make sure that you have a relationship with God through Christ. Put your faith in him. Nurture that relationship. Make sure that you're eating the right kind of spiritual diet. You'll never be at rest until you eat the right kind of spiritual food and drink the right kind of spiritual drink. And then you must also understand in your life that God is now going to be my Lord, my shepherd, and in control. I'm turning over my cares and my burdens to him. Here's our third thing. Our third, third thing today is we're talking about finding rest from the 23rd Psalm as you and I need to get a handle on our heart. See, your heart is the most important thing in your life. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But a lot of the stress that happens in our life happens in our heart. Now, the Bible uses the word heart for a number of different things. But for today's purpose, I want to kind of hone in on one particular aspect of your heart that's referred to in Scripture. It's, it's the thought process you have. So you have a brain, but your brain is the hardware of your life and your thoughts are the software. Okay. You can't change your brain. That's a physical thing, but you can change the software that you're running on your brain. And so that software has to do with your thinking process, where your mind is. Until we, and until we learn how to rest our thoughts and rest our minds, we're never going to find peace. We're never going to find wholeness. We're never going to find rest in our lives. You have to do some heart work. You have to do some mind work. Now, in terms of helping your heart, doing the mind work, I want to tell you that the two things you've got to learn to do as a part of this. And I'll also say this as well. This is not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And I will also tell you this. I struggle with this just like you do. So don't feel like I'm not a great Christian because I'm struggling with this. All of us struggle with the two things I'm going to talk about right now. I've referred to them already, but I want to bring them directly to your attention. These are the key things in terms of making sure your heart is where it needs to be. Number one, you have to resist worry. You have to actively resist it. Worry will not go away from you unless you fight it. You've got to remember that. You've got to put up a fight against it. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, who, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Notice that. There's something that we do. We have to resist the worry so we can find perfect peace. 
Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. You know it perhaps well. Maybe you can quote it. If not, you're going to learn a great passage today. And Philippians 4, 6 and 7, New Living Translation says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds uh, anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice what guards your heart, what guards your mind is the peace of God. How does that peace get into your heart and mind? You've got to pray your way through your worries. You can't let worry uh, take preeminence in your life. You've got to fight against it in prayer. Again, as I've mentioned many times, you have to take your worry list and keep it a prayer list in your life. And you're fighting against it. You're resisting worry. Don't let worry be the predominant champion of your life. predominant controller of your life. What you've got to do is let, let, let your faith and confidence in God be your predominant champion in your life and what controls everything that you do. The second aspect of that is work on your thinking. See, you have to get new thoughts. The Bible speaks of us being renewed in the spirit of our minds. And you and I have to, again, keep working on the software of our lives and rechanging all that stinking thinking and rechanging all those negative thought patterns that have worked their way into us over the years, over the, over the decades. Maybe they come back from your family experience experiences or, or your own thought processes, but you have to actually work against that, that mind with truth and with what God says about you. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts. That's your software again. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy and worthy of praise. So Paul is saying you've got to do that work with your thinking. Proverbs 4.23, I mentioned this idea, this concept a moment ago. Above all else, the Bible says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Here's the, here's the thing to remember, that you've got to work on your heart. Your heart is your mind, your thought processes, and you and I need to be aggressive in terms of making sure we're getting the right thoughts in us and pushing the wrong thoughts away. It's not easy. I don't always succeed at it. I'm sure you don't always succeed either, but we're working in that direction to make sure that peace is sustained and rest is sustained in our lives. Let me give you one last thing today. Uh, we're, we're about to wrap up, and so let's pay really close attention as we come to this landing point in our journey today talking about finding the rest of God. The fourth thing is this, you have to make sure you're improving your relationships. It is so vital. If you do not improve your relationships, then I will tell you, you will never be at rest. One of the most stressful things in life is not just the worry you have on the inside, but the pain and difficulty that comes to you, the, the, the restlessness that comes when your relationships are not as they need to be. And some of us in life right now, the reason that we're not at rest inside is because we have a lot of conflict outside, not just in the circumstances of our world, but also in the relationships around us. And I want to remind you today that that if you have relationship issues, God wants to help you to resolve those issues so you can be at rest internally and so that rest can come to your families, to your friendships, to all that you have in life. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be rested. So let me give you five things really quickly as we're wrapping up here today, five things that you can do to begin to bring rest into your relationships. The first thing you've got to do is make sure that you clear up your conflicts very quickly. Don't let anger sit around for an extended period of time. Don't let conflicts go on and on and on and on. Some some folks have had a conflict going on with someone for, for, for decades. It's still happening and they haven't resolved. See, life is too short for that, okay? Life is too short for having conflicts that just keep dragging on. So when you, when you have a conflict with someone, 
deal with it quickly. Don't let it hang around in your life. Jesus said, if you've got something against a brother, make sure he has something against you. Even at the altar, lay your gift down and go be resolved with that brother because you don't want these things lingering in your life because as the longer they linger, the more opportunity the adversary has to stir up trouble in your life and stir up problems in your life. And then make sure that you release all your resentments. Don't be a grudge carrier. Don't walk around with resentment in your life. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it for you. It's not worth it for the people around you. It's very important that we learn how to just forgive. You might say, well, that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Well, yep, probably true, okay? But you and I don't deserve to be forgiven either. God forgives us even though we don't deserve it. He asks us to do the same with other people. That we come to that place of just letting it go, releasing it, saying, I'm I'm going to extend to other people the same grace that God has extended to me. Are you beginning to see that just in doing that, that you find rest for your life? And then make sure you start eliminating all the unrealistic expectations of our life. You know, many times the reason we're all stirred up on the inside is because we have expectations of other people to be a certain way or to handle things a certain way. We have all these expectations of them. Many times that are very unrealistic. We expect of other people what we don't even expect of ourselves. And so we are stirred up because people are always disappointing our expectations. It's not necessary. You'll never be at rest if you have all these massive expectations for others to meet needs in your life or to do certain things for you. It's just not worth it to hold on to those things. And also, just quit comparing yourself with others. I think a lot of times we're all stirred up because I'm looking at my life, I'm looking at somebody else's life, and my life doesn't seem to be as good as their life, and so now I'm all frustrated because I'm in this situation. I'm wondering what's going to happen to me. Why am I not in, in the same situation they're in? And I think uh, all of our social media accounts can actually enhance that or make it worse, I should say. And so you've got to stop saying, you know, I, I'm not living anybody else's life. And I'll also remind you of this. What you're seeing from the outside of somebody else's life is never the reality, okay? They have as many problems and sometimes more problems than you do. It may look okay from the outside, but you don't know the inside story. So stop comparing yourself with others and make sure that you're building good boundaries and make sure that you're, that you're honoring boundaries in your life. Live your life, be a blessing to other people, and set the boundaries of how you're going to let their interactions affect you. All valuable in your life. I love Romans 14 verse 19 from the message paraphrase. It says this, So let us agree to use all our energy and getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. I think we'd do a great job. We'd, find, we'd have a lot more rest in our life if you and I just do that one verse. Agree to use all of our energy in getting along with each other, helping others with encouraging words, not dragging them down by finding fault. So let me encourage you, work on your relationships. What have we talked about today? We've talked about the importance of remembering the power of rest in your life. God created you with the need for rest. Real rest starts on the inside, not on the outside. That starts with your relationship with God. You have to have a relationship with Him. He is the source of peace, the source of rest for you. You must learn how to work on your mind, your thinking, and then you must work to work on your relationships. When we follow this pathway, we will be able to say, just as the psalmist David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me at rest in green pastures. That's what lying down means. When you lie down, you're resting. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quieter, peaceful waters. He restores my soul. Next time together, we'll talk about how he restores us as we learn to rest in him. So can I pray for you today and ask that God's grace would rest upon each one of you, that today you would begin to find a new rest, that that peace would come in so the peace can go out of your life. So join me as we pray together. 
Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we had today to study your word. We're grateful for the wonderful psalm that you included in scripture, Psalm 23, and what it does for us, instructs us, and how to, how to live in difficult times. And I pray today in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us today to begin to experience a greater rest inside of us. In the turmoil of the world around us, the struggles that we might be facing, the financial struggles, the issues that, we're going on in, that are going on in our lives right now, we come to you and we say, God, we want to find rest in you. Lord, thank you that you created us with the need for rest, but also you provided the resources so that we could experience rest. And I pray, Lord, for those that need to have a relationship with you, that they would experience that today. And I pray for those who simply need to, to understand that their spiritual lives need to be fed and built up, those that need to understand how to get a handle on their thinking, and all of us who need to work on our relationships. God, we pray that each of these principles would find not just information in us, be information to us, but let them be transforming, transformative in our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.